0: And I've got one one letter as well to.
1: Okay, okay, to add in. Yep. Right. So I'm guessing I, I get I get a pasting. No, not at all. Oh, Okay. <laughs> no, no, not at all.
0: In fact, surprisingly, it's got nothing to do with you.
1: <laughs> so no, pull your head back in. No. Well, whenever you used to say, oh, it's "I've not got all one." About you. Well, no. Well, it's not. But whenever someone has sent something to you, um, and they haven't sort of, <laughs> and you haven't shared it with me beforehand, it generally means I'm it's in for a. Usually,
0: pasting. bags out. Yeah. No. No. That was no. It's not from Muslim this time. All right. <laughs> okay. This is Good Brews Week. This is brought to you by Cryo Malt. This is your host, Pete Mitchum. This is your co-host, Matt Kierkegaard. And this is a stomping ground, Lane Way Lager. Because, <laughs> sorry, I was just opening mine as I had
1: We didn't even compare notes and uh, we, we both had the same idea.
0: Listeners, we are um, for the first time in a long while, we're like we're recording separately. So Matt's up in Brisbane, I'm down in Melbourne. But it's 5:30 on a Saturday afternoon. And it is very much beer o'clock. So, Matt, just fl- fluck me, fluck me a text, ah, coffee or a beer for this episode. And I don't think I'm way ahead of you, champ.
1: Well, no, because <laughs> well, normally it's sort of, oh, mate, I'm ready to go. I'll just make a coffee.
0: Yeah, because it's normally uh, 8.30 my time, your, 7.30 your time in Daylight Savings. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really not probably you know look we we walked the walk so we we talk the talk so we got to walk the walk in terms of giving beer a bad name we don't want to be and we're drinking it 8.30 anymore
1: <laughs> well not only it and it suits us because neither of us are really uh you know like i don't think too much about the podcast I don't get too much Enjoyment from the podcast Where they sit there Discussing a beer You know Like you can sit And listen to the cricket On the wireless You can sit and You know Listen to how old I am The wireless um, Back in my day We used to on wear transistor. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, a transistor But you know Listen on the radio way. Because the point yeah. of Listening to the cricket Isn't You know The, the, the game is the game Whereas drinking a beer, the point is not to hear somebody describe it. The point is to actually drink it yourself. So, um, yeah, I get a little bit frustrated with those ones. But uh, So we won't talk – well, we might just tell people what we're drinking, but we won't actually go into talking about any nuances of flavour.
0: Yeah, so I have cracked a fresh off the canning line, um, absolutely magnificently subtle and nuanced um, but very, very enjoyable Stomping Ground laneway Lager from Stomping Ground down here in Melbourne. Brewed in Melbourne, enjoyed everywhere.
1: <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm, what about you, Matt? having the original Stonewood Pacific Ale. I, I actually went to my fridge, and I've got a dedicated beer fridge that's sort of the the, the office fridge, and there was nothing under 8% there when I went to, apart from um, the, apart from Pacific Ale. Have you
0: run out of – because I was going to crack a of of Pilsner, and I thought, no, i just had one before, because I'm, I'm actually you, – you, you find me, listeners, in the middle of um, – I've got the, the Weber farm going at the moment. We've got a, a bit of a crew around for dinner. So I thought, oh, I'll do a big, a big, a big on the – on-the-bone um, massive rack of um, beef rib and uh, a whole half a pork belly and some chicken. So I have already cracked one beforehand, which was the, the beautiful Bolter Pilsner. Um, so I thought I'll go for something different for this one.
1: Yeah, well, look, no, I don't have any Bolter Pilsner. I've been getting through a bit of that. And also the Slipstream Pilsner. So, you know, two very, very good Pilsners. But uh, anyway, have, have, we, we did say that we're not going to talk uh, too much about beer, but that, yeah, just uh, it, it's... Brisbane's thirty-two degrees this afternoon, so it's quite balmy, and uh, uh, Pacific Ale actually hit the spot quite nicely.
0: I was going to say, you know, for the world's most, uh, for Australia's most overrated beer, Matt. I reckon it's absolutely <laughs> perfect. But, sorry, I must have read that online somewhere. At Twats. least they
1: haven't changed it as much as those that little creatures. That is just terribly... oh my, change it all the time. Man. Anyway,
0: they let, let, did. Let let's not making news this week. Not not a lot of stuff. We will get to the cook limit um in in the mailbag but uh, this week matt uh, a couple of important things There one there's a bit of a trend um researching for the for this week's episode as we draw ever closer to our 200th um there's a lot of jobs on offer uh, i had to get through three and a half pages on my my big screen um of job 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 someone's hiring which i think is a story in itself so let's get that out of the way are we on the cusp of yeah i don't know a boom we're we're apparently sort of you know in a a a plateau of um employment globally and um, particularly nationally are all the jobs in craft beer at the moment
1: um certainly a lot of jobs um you know and but it's, it's one of those things um pete you know Say and I'm just going to pick some names out, but just to indicate size, you know, like there's a, there's a brewery like Bolter or a brewery like um, you know one of the bigger ones, Gauge um, Roads, Gauge Roads, for birds,
0: example, Stone and Wood, yeah, Moon Dog.
1: One of them em- uh, uh, employs either a head brewer, and then so quite often it's the, a, a senior brewer at a next tier or a slightly smaller brewery that you know that's an aspirational step up. So they go and so it's you know one in the bed, uh, ten in the bed, and the little one said roll over. And they all roll over and move up the uh, job. Um, yeah, is is, yeah. is, is yeah. I suspect there's a bit of a knock-on effect, um, yep. as much as because there haven't been that many breweries opening. Um, and interestingly, I've spoken to a couple of equipment manufacturers over the last um, couple of months, and uh, you know, whereas because they know of jobs well in advance because they're installing the breweries. The, the orders are starting to slow down a little bit and yeah you know, whereas we've had you know one a week for the last two years um, apparently it's starting to s- slow down a little bit so um, yeah maybe uh, suggestions of bubbles um,
0: okay but but certainly I'd have to say looking at just a, a cursory glance would tell you that most of them like you say of reasonably big-ish breweries not a lot of them are replacing somebody who's left a lot of them are adding to the to the crew I, noticed, you know, yeah. hawkers hawkers is expanding looking for um, um, although Rob, um, good, good friend of ours who helped us out, um, the last couple of years at the, at the Ecker, um, who's the, the Hawkers rep up there in Brisbane or yep. f- was the Hawkers rep, um, is moving into a hospo venue of his own. So all the best to him. Um, but they're looking at yeah, a couple of, um, guys on the ground to, to replace him. So, um, there's certainly, I guess those who are doing well are, are doing quite well. It's it's fair to say.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and 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 it's great. Um, You know, we have seen in the states quite a few breweries are starting to lay off staff or shut down. Um, And I I haven't caught up with it because it only hit my uh, mailbox this afternoon. But AB Inbev apparently has lost uh, you know half their dividend, and uh, their results were very disappointing. Um, So yeah, in in certain parts of the market, things aren't going terribly well. But things seem to be going pretty well here. So uh... just on that, AB Inbev, is it because they've spent so much? in
0: acquisitions the last couple of years that the dividend is not as expected or is it Uh, both uh, a downturn in their mainstream brands? Okay
1: now this is very early Uh, I haven't had a chance to read it but when I did skim the uh, New York Times article um, it did seem to be saying Carlos uh, Brito was saying that that they have found it pretty tough um but also they are paying down debt, so you know they they yeah. borrowed a lot of money with the, the the various acquisitions. I haven't had a chance to see how how they go in Australia, how they went in Australia, what the uh, results are there. But no doubt we'll. Um post something about that this week, and uh, maybe even discuss it if there is anything newsworthy uh, when we record at 7 o'clock next Friday morning. <laughs> uh,
0: just on that, and ap- apropos of uh, our last episode, 189, I think, or 190, um, it did get a little bit of feedback from one of our regular listeners. Um, funniest thing he's heard all year was, um, was Matt Kierkegaard, I don't know a lot about shares, but I'm prepared to argue... Um, <laughs> <laughs> With a with a lawyer who specialises in that sort of thing.
1: Look, that that was a mischaracterisation of what I was doing. I was explaining how I came up with the figure. I wasn't saying that I was right. um, But oh, this from the same bloke who
0: reckons you know if beer was invented today to be Corona.
1: I didn't say that. That's and, and uh, in fact, I've gone back to the uh, to the email. I said to John, and I said it, I explicitly said, "Mate, um, I'm, I'm, in, in fact, I'm, 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 I'm going to tell heroic. you because I'm going to tell you
0: exactly what." He's going to have to reprint the whole book now. I know, I know. I hope our listeners caught up with it. It was a really great chat with John Hall. Um, uh,
1: we even got actually we got a, a message from um, James Davidson, uh, who's back from his uh, trip in the states, and uh, said that we should get him on as regular. So, um, he was awesome. yeah, no, it was a really, really good chat,
0: yeah, and look I, I think there's a possibility that um we probably need to catch up with you know whether it's a, a Brennan Varis or Pierre pointon um, say to you know update us quarterly, for example on the on the West Australian scene, mm. uh, somebody else um, giving us the you know the perhaps the the Sydney scene or the Adelaide scene, uh, and John perhaps could um could give us a bit of an update on the New York specifically, but he's obviously um, with his podcast, which I've I've started listening to, and is a a, a really good. Uh, it's a rollicking listen, and it's and it's funny how we we just talked about. You know, we don't like listening necessarily to you know beer reviews, um,
1: but every rule has an exception.
0: Exactly. And if there is one, it's it's John Hall because the, the couple that I've listened to where they, they have, a, you know, like darkened glasses and everything, um, literally a blind tasting and then kind of talk through what they think the beer is. and all that. So that to me is interesting because it, it says a lot about expectation. It says a lot about how we perceive flavor and how we turn that into words and then how we try to assign um, or shoehorn it into a you know, a category or a style guideline.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what I got out of it. And, you know, and that's when I sort of said my piece at the start of the show that, you know, it, it's not an absolute rule. So um, anyone that started typing, you can stop now. Um, but, I, but I am going to say this uh, um, about, this is exactly what I said to John when we teed up the uh, chat that we also posted uh, back in 2014. Um, what would beer look like if it was invented today for the first time? I am pretty sure that no one would get excited about Corona if it was the first beer ever created, but that beer would look like craft beer, though the culture around it, which is burdened by thousands of years of handed down culture and expectation, would be vastly different. My thesis is that the product would look like craft beer, but the culture would be more akin to that that has grown up around wine. So um, that's actually what I said. So he uh, completely misquoted me.
0: Now, obviously, the best beer is made with the best malt. Um, what happens if we can't get good malt? Apparently, there's a risk of a shortage of malt due to gas. Uh,
1: no, I think you might have misread the the headline. Um, there, there has been a lot of talk about malt prices because the drought in Queensland, there's been some frosts, there's been um, you know a whole lot of issues. And so there are apparently the the, malt, the, the barley crops are down and that could affect uh, malt prices. Um immediately oh, that's different i
0: knew, different. It was something, I knew it was something about that yeah no I thought I, thought, I thought I suppose i have to admit now that i
1: didn't read the article yeah, no no you didn't it was, it was huh. a
0: very very interesting article um but, but I, yeah, I had know, it here in front of me and now i've
1: lost it a number of brewers um that i've spoken to have been talking about um gas supplies and you know profit it's one of those things that you don't really think your know, mott water hops and yeast you sort of think are your your core ingredients of, of beer but you don't think too much about gas because as we know gas you know co2 is a byproduct of the fermentation process um but you know most brewers who um you know carbonate their beer um get it delivered um they don't capture the 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 co2 that's produced during the brewing process yep yep. they they bring it in but then you've also got the 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 gas that pumps through the um through the lines and that sort of thing and i'd never stop to think about where that came from Um, but apparently it comes through a couple of different things you know the, the, the making of um explosives um and also the making of fertilizer so if you've got a fertilizer making plant um it's a natural by product where they capture it and then you know in in large quantities and clean it and things like that but because yeah. uh, a lot but of it, the...
0: but it's basically pure co2
1: it's but... pure co2 yeah
0: yeah so you capture it, you whack it in a tanker, you send it out to breweries.
1: Yeah, um, but the uh, apparently uh, in Europe over summer, there was a problem with uh, a confluence of factors where a number of major plants went offline um, for a variety of reasons, uh, either for maintenance or you know breakdowns or just taken offline because they were old plants, um, and it led to a shortage of CO2. And uh, one or two brewers are talking about that here. Um, Air Liquid, which is one of the, the big suppliers, has apparently got issues at two of its... Um, uh, plants, one in Victoria and one in Queensland. So yeah, look, I mean, it, it's, it's not, um, it, it's just one of those fascinating things. It's well worth a bit of a read. Um, Megan, uh, did a story on that and, uh, yeah, and it was just one of those ones that you go, well, gee, I never actually thought too much about that.
0: Yeah. And the alternative is that you, you can actually produce CO2, but not as a by-product. You can, you can go out of your way to produce CO2, but that's fairly, you know, it's, um, not exactly carbon neutral.
1: Yeah, and because there's a lot of energy involved um, in in yeah. all of those things, and uh, apparently the the bigger brewers, and we might need to um, check this, because um, I think some of the bigger brewers, with their giant plants, have the capacity to capture and um, reuse know, re, reuse it. And I I think in Germany, a number of plants I saw did that as well. Um, but small brewers, you know, just the amount of energy um, for you know, you, you, it's a lot of squeeze for not a lot of juice, basically. So
0: the alternative is that you send out flat beer and, and somebody comes up, you know, some smart tech head comes up with some sort of, you know, like a, you stick it in your soda stream. You could. Didn't somebody
1: do that a couple of years Would ago? Would that work? Well, didn't somebody do that? They sent out concentrated beer that was basically like a soda stream. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't sound
0: nearly as, it sounds like a lot of hard work, doesn't it?
1: It does, doesn't it?
0: Like maybe yeah. the first beer, you'd be okay. But if you, you know, you've got friends around watching the footy or whatever and you've got to get up every time to you know, a beer, I think they'd, they'd get fairly tired fairly quickly.
1: And you're just not allowed to let the kids do it anymore. No, that's right.
0: Now, the other thing, uh, apropos of nothing in particular, um, obviously shipping your beer around once you have got it carbonated, if you haven't run out of CO2, um, being able to track, and we, we talked about this uh, a while back, back in May, in, in at Good Beer Week at the, the aptly um, named Cryo Malt uh, Brewer's Lounge, the... Uh, trade hub during good beer week
1: that's right our logistics panel yeah
0: and uh it was brought up that you know one of the tricky things is it's not often until it's too late that you find out that you know perhaps you you what you thought was a good um point-to-point cold chain logistics actually falls down at, at one end or another because it's you know it's there's got to be an unrefrigerated truck for some reason and, 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 and your beer might, uh, I guess, lose all the advantages that you had from cold chain uh, logistics. So there are a number of different ways and uh, uh, Lockie Cruthers. He's the head brewer up at Ballistic, ballistic beer, yeah and he'd got in touch with us. I think it, you spoke to me about this, that that Lockie had, had come up with a – had discovered a way of tracking.
1: That's it, Yeah, so, you know, obviously, um, as we've talked about, you know, and in, with all of our chats with Charlie Bamforth, uh, temperature is one of the big evils um, when it comes to beer. And if you're shipping your beer, we're, we're a wide brown, very hot land. If you're sending your beer great distances on the back of a ute in summer – It's not going to do your beer very good. Um, You know, why spend so much time talking about how much we love our beer when you're going to commit it to that? So um, we've seen a couple of people who have been developing, um, you know, things that you can strap onto a keg or connect to a keg um, that keep constant track of the temperature um, and then also tell you, you know, um, and and report back. But um, as one of those solutions said, you know, when it's in the cool room, the cool room blocks the, uh, the the transponder, so you're not actually getting real-time things when it's actually cold and when you actually need it. Um, so uh, anyway, yeah, so, so it, a lot of people have been putting a lot of effort into it, and this one reminded me a little bit of that, you know, the... Americans spent millions of dollars developing a pen so you could write in space in, in weightlessness. And uh, the the Russians said, hey, we'll use a pencil. But uh, and, and yes, yeah, so I was I was talking to Lockheed just because you know they um, have a recently employed a quality brewer, they're very focused on the quality of their beer, but they also had uh, like a fairly substantial order from Western Australia and he thought, well, geez, you know we're paying for cold shipping. Are we actually getting cold shipping? Is the beer going over? How am I gonna sort of check this? And it happened to be yep. a thing in the US. And uh, New Belgium talk, said that this is something that they did, that they just get this little, it's $150, $200 um, data logger. You turn it on, you put it on your pallet when you send it across, and it just constantly records the temperature. Um, when your pallet gets to the other end, um, it's in the consignment note. Um, your distributor over there takes it out, posts it back, you pop it in your computer, and then you've just got this constant uh, recording.
0: To, to paint the picture, it's, it's in the form of a it's, it's USB a... key. Yeah, but it's a little, like a little microphone-shaped sort of thing, but with a, a USB bit on the end. So it takes all the data in one end, you stick it in your computer at the other end, and it tells you... What's happened to your beer or what the temperature of the beer has been at all various stages of the journey?
1: Yeah, I mean, once it gets to your distributor, um, you, you, it stops because you don't have each keg and each carton being measured. But for the for, for that next step, if you're paying for cold shipping, you actually know that you're getting cold shipping. And if the retailer wants to you know, put it in a tin shed in 40-degree heat, you don't have any control over that. But at least you know that the things that you're controlling – you actually can control. It. Yeah, so it was just a nice little article I thought was a, it, you know, some, I, I always worry about stories like that, because I guess anyone that reads that just expects that it was a paid for ad, um, which it absolutely wasn't. It was just a great little solution. And, uh, you know, it was the sort of thing that um, we like to to cover, because it is one of those industry, um, you know, bits of uh, interest that people may not be aware of.
0: That's it, and we are fairly well known for doing stuff that's a little bit outside the square. It's not just the sort of you know, um, you know, ten overs, none for forty, line and length, talking about beer. We we talk about the you know ingredients, we talk about ancillary industries and logistics and all that sort of thing. Which are uh, you know, um, the feedback that I'm getting is that um, particularly those in the industry, that's that's the sort of stuff that they love. And I think too for the consumers who who listen to to Brews News, um, it it just puts a lot of things into perspective and answers a few. Unasked um, questions.
1: Yeah, exactly. In the garden, what a garden! Brews News is made possible by Brewpack, Australia's number one craft contract brewer. With over 100 craft beers and ciders on the roster and counting, Brewpack specialises in offering growing craft breweries a home for their packaged and keg beer, no matter how crafty, serious about handmade beers, and with an open door policy. Brewpack's brewers love having passionate hands on partners in the brewery. Thinking about craft contract brewing, think Brewpack. And uh, yes, we thank Brewpack for not only making a whole lot of great craft beers possible, but also for making this podcast possible. There was the really great story that Ross Lewis wrote, um, looking at because 12 years since. Um, uh feral and feral has taken all of the attention you know a, a, another big buyout you know a much loved brewery um being bought out and so that took a lot of attention but obviously um nail brewing um and john Stallwood was i, I will not say collateral damage but it was collateral um you know caught up in in the whole thing um because he was a partner in brew uh Brewcorp, um that was the brewery um that was uh owned by nail nail and Ferrell. yeah so you know and it, look I, I won't say too much about it but other than it's like it is a really great um article that you know when uh, megan was publishing it and reading it she said oh, i thought uh, ross was having a go at brendan and the, you know because it just sort of starts off you know about the visceral reaction that uh, john had um but it's a really really lovely story really good story and you know just one of those things that you you don't necessarily think about um in terms, yeah, of, and it would yeah. have been hard for for John to talk about. He was very, very open and honest about his feelings about it all, but also that he and Brendan are great mates. And uh, I know that Brendan, you know, went to great lengths to make sure that John was looked after. But at the same time, and for actually one of the things that people may not know is it about twelve years ago, ten years ago, John was coward punched. He went to the aid of um, of somebody who was in a bit of strife mm. and uh, got cow punched. And uh, hit, you know, very lucky to be alive. Um, he'd just started Nail Brewing, had won a stack of awards for his stout and his uh, Nail Ale, and uh, suddenly you know, he he spent a year recovering, and uh, you know he was a long time a in a coma, uh, b in hospital from memory,
0: uh, and then rehab, and um, you know getting to the point where he could you know, kind of, I guess, operate it, it, with some sense, sense of normalness. Mm. Um, it was about 12 months, sort of, you know, um, dot to dot.
1: Mate, he, he sent me photos um, and, you know, I, I think almost a quarter of his skull is actually prosthetic.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah they actually had to cut away – such was the – uh is it the bruising or the what do you call it um you know with the brain basically the, the brain swells and uh, you swell, need to swells.
1: relieve the pressure and so they cut away his skull and you a, know, like a quarter a, a bread and butter plate size um you know you bend that round, and that's the amount of his skull is prosthetic um so yeah like it, we, we're not talk, talking about he hit his head and sort of you know had to sort of uh you know wait till the bandages came off it was very very serious and uh, no it's, it's quite amazing and his journey has been incredible and uh um, I still think that one of my all-time most memorable beers is the very first time I had uh, Clout Stout, which is yeah, just one of those really, really oh, classic 100%. Australian. Yeah. So, anyway, having said uh, we, we won't delve on uh, you know, dwell on this <laughs> one too long. Um, go read the story. Read it's the story. Really, yeah. really great story. Very, very uplifting. And uh, but you know it's a very, just very, very honest and uh, yeah, quite a moving story. Speaking of reading, Matt, that's a beautiful segue into this week's
0: mailbag. And we did get a response regarding our chat about Nipahs, uh, or uh, Brendan's feelings on Nipahs and, and some of the Varus, comments. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, Brendan Varus in, in, in a previous episode. Um, and Brendan O'Sullivan, who will be very well known to many as um, champion homebrewer, uh, who has gone on to pretty much drive three Ravens, um, who were, look, it's fair to say, uh, probably half a dozen years ago before he came along, were on the brink of irrelevance. They were picked up by MASH over in WA, and there's sort of, so there's a partnership there, but they're, they're operating reasonably independently. But but Brendan has certainly challenged the brand and, and, and really taken it to, to a place where it's um, very highly thought of, um, as it should be. He says, hi, Matt. After hearing your chat with BB, I thought it was worth going into Bat for neva Hearing Brendan comment that he disliked the astringency from yeast made me think that he had been drinking poor examples. The focus is on protein and polyphenol haze, and in some cases pectin or starch, to create an emulsion to suspend hop compounds in levels that would otherwise be impossible. A well-made Nipah should have little to no residual yeast, certainly no more than you would expect in a Stonewood Pacific Ale. Check out this recent podcast from the Master Brewers Association that offers some valuable insight into the analytics of the style. Keep up the great work, Brendan O'Sullivan. Thank you very much for that, Brendan.
1: Thank you, Brendan. And I'll I'll post a link to that in the show notes. And uh, yeah, look, and yeah, man, that's another one where you know, the 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 exception proves the rule. Um, I I guess NEPAs would not have developed as something if they had nothing redeeming about them. Um, I, 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 I guess it's the you know just just the way that you know. Every brewery now has a NEPA. They're shipping them around the country. Um,
0: but, Matt, it also shows, too,
1: that they're – I get
0: the feeling that a lot of people look at the next big thing or, you know, the latest bright, shiny thing and they get spellbound by it and they go, we need to do that as well. And they look at, okay, what's the key to it? Well, it's just hazy. Well, how do you make haze? So we can throw some flour in or we can, you know – Apple pectin. Yeah, pectin yeah. and that sort of thing. Whereas, no, you've got to actually go back and say, how did the style – Develop. How did it suddenly emerge? It was hazy for a reason. It wasn't hazy for the sake of being hazy. Exactly. So, it, in fact, its, it's haziness is it is a um, – during Good Beer Week, uh, somebody just absolutely nailed it. Dave have Dave it from Akasha. Um, it's not actually, you know, creating a hazy beer. It's the beer is hazy because you've done all these other things in order to create what we now know as a Nipah.
1: So, but no, that was great. I'll post a link in the show notes, and uh, and I'm sorry, Brendan, but you <laughs> in, in, in the next podcast or two, you're also going to hear a little bit more uh, neeper bashing for the same reason. <laughs> uh, which? Oh, which Brendan? You were uh, talking uh, to Brendan O'Sullivan. There. Brendan yeah. O'Sullivan, yeah, yeah. So Brendan, block your ears. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know too many brewers who jump uh, you know, jump to their defence. So it's good to see uh, Brendan does, and uh, you know, as always, Brendan does it with a very uh, eloquent technical. Uh, execution i guess oh, uh, and
0: as i say you know when brendan talks i listen because yeah. I, I learn something every time yep absolutely um speaking of learning uh i have another a message that was was sent to me so i'll just i'll just read this one matt and we'll just leave it there i must have missed the episode where the cook limit was coined but have heard it used a lot lately which cook is it named after i'm naturally curious and that from um uh, phil cook <laughs> who, who I guess it does it very similar to what we do. Um, oh, well, up until very recently uh, in New Zealand. So I explained to to Phil, you know, um, how it how it came about. Ah, that makes sense. Ta. I did wonder if my long-winded podcast was the cause, <laughs> but it's been so long since we did any. I thought it couldn't be. Uh, and then he goes on to say in a separate message, mate, the new structure is working really nicely though, by the way. Uh, once I have an Australian address for you to send me my reward for letter writing, I'll have to give you a proper review. And I said, oh, that's cool. We'll catch up for a beer. What's the occasion? Um, he and his girlfriend are moving to, Melbourne. to Australia. Yeah. yeah, She's got a master's starting at the um, University of Melbourne next year and um, so he's really looking forward to, to coming over. So we'll have to – yeah, we'll definitely have to catch up with him.
1: They are going to be the most highly qualified couple that you'd ever meet, I think, because Phil went back to, to, to study, didn't he? Yeah, I think I, – I don't want to talk out of school, but I think he might have just gone back to
0: school recently and, and perhaps completed something reasonably honourable or mastery or, I you don't know something more than the diploma <laughs> yeah. from memory just just from chatting to him at, at gab's in um in auckland last year
1: but again when you said that uh when you learned from brendan sullivan uh phil cook is one of those writers that i invariably read footnotes and all because he has a, a a very very original uh take on just about any on any topic so uh yeah maybe if he's over here we can get him doing some writing for us
0: that's it, and I was actually thinking that you know, like he would be a good one to um, have as a you know a regular to to give us a, a take on the the New Zealand scene. Mm. Um, but obviously, he's he's going to have his finger off the pulse if he's if he's living over in Melbourne. So before you know it, he'll be he'll be wearing black skivvies and drinking lattes. Um, oh, sorry,
1: espressos. <laughs> but we've had Phil on the podcast before, at least once. We have. Um, we have. Yeah. So True that. Oh, but, but, but thank you. I'm glad, yes. I'm. I, I, and uh, it, it's funny how these things, you, you hear something and you think, oh, are they having a dig at me? Um, when, when you're not at all, it's just one of those things. How would that come about? Well, Phil thought that we were talking oh, about Phil. him. Oh, you're talking about Phil, okay. Being Sorry. long-winded. Who did you think I was talking about?
0: No, him? I'm so used to you, you know, jumping up and having to defend yourself. <laughs> them,
1: I, assumed, I assumed you were talking to the first person. I'm thinking of changing our theme song. Please don't let me be misunderstood. <laughs> we could do that. No, we uh, can't because we, we don't. Um, uh, but no, no, we, no. Are, we we are working towards. Uh, are uh, we though? Are we really? Yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've, I'm 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 speaking to a composer at the moment. Um, okay. But I'm just not sure because he, because in the words of
0: of um, uh, Carl and Lenny to Moses like, you know, we, we we can't get rid of the dank. Not, not the dank.
1: <laughs> Listeners, next week, um, to come in under the cook limit, um, I was in Melbourne this week, caught up with Pete, um, but <laughs> because of a miscommunication that I'm not going to over-explain. Um,
0: no, but let's just say that four people were involved, three of us went to one venue, and you were at a different one. I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it there, regardless of what was on the email.
1: What, what, what was on the email that actually said, let's meet at this location, and everyone said, yeah. Anyway... Speak to Steve Jeffers and Guy uh, Greenstone from Tap House, and look, th- this is going to be another three-parter um, that will just drop on Tuesday night. Um, well, because, Terry Terry Farrendorf will be upset.
0: Well, you know, because up I, until now she's been the only one worthy of a
1: three-parter. She has been a you know, great chat, but wait till you hear this chat because you weren't there, so you didn't hear it. But um, Stephen Guy talking about the origins, you know, how how they met, the origins of the Tap House, um, the you know the evolution of the Hottest One Hundred um local tap house provisions um gabs and um, the evolution of gabs and also a stomping ground so you know like uh, in 10 years and it's one of those things that makes you realize how much the uh, industry has changed when you just sort of look at the tap house is only 10 years old and they open with carlton draft on tap um so you know great chat three parts we'll just sort of roll it out and it seg it breaks down quite nice into three half hour well under the cook limit um looking at the tap house, looking at gab's and then looking at Stomping Ground. So um that'll drop uh this week. Um in under the cook limit. And we
0: also uh you and I popped out to Brick Lane this week. So that'll be coming up in the next few weeks.
1: Uh the week after next, yeah. So um yeah. A, a great chat. Yeah, you know, one of those breweries that people have been really interesting to see. Um really interested in looking at how it comes on. Yeah, you know, a lot of money behind it, huge brewery um you know very slick in, in in a lot of ways not so slick in a couple of other ways as we found out prof um, yeah yeah
0: hundred
1: percent but at the end of the a lot, day a lot of the
0: stuff they're, they're doing they're doing some stuff old school and some stuff is is state of the art
1: yeah well i was actually getting down to the to the you know lesson they've only been open a couple of months and the the, the business itself is only a year old and they've already had three iterations of uh of the logo so You know, there have been uh, businesses that have gone to, you know, got their kids to do do one on an Etch-A-Sketch that have lasted longer than that. (laughs) Clip art. But, sorry, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not having a dig um, at them because they were um, two of the best beers I've had in a long time. Not the most exciting, as we talk about, but just no, some no, of the most no. deliciously elegant beers that I've had in, in, in a long, long time. But some, so.
0: sometimes excitement can be found in the least expected places, man.
1: And we talk about that. So, uh, yeah, so stay tuned for that podcast. And uh, there we go, Prof. That little bit of waffle has just successfully taken us over the... 59, uh... <laughs> 40 minutes, and we're yes.
0: out. No, thank you very much to all our sponsors. Thank you very much to you for listening to all this uh, and uh, inspiring us to keep doing it every week, regularly. Um, now, this care. week,
1: so so this will be out Sunday oh. night, there are still tickets for our uh, appearance in Sydney on Wednesday, Prof. Um, yeah, Thursday. Sydney Beer Week. Yeah, Thursday, Sydney Beer, Sydney week. Beer Thursday. week. Thursday, um, come along and, and, and see us do a panel discussion. In true Bruce News style, in the middle of Sydney Beer Week, we're asking the questions, has Beer Weeks had their day?
0: <laughs> oh dear, we'll never get invited back. I, I'm amazed <laughs> we get invited back to <laughs>
1: anything. We've been staying there for six years and, <laughs> and, <they'd be laughs> and they keep asking it.
0: Anyway. Maybe honesty really, you know, does have its its value in this world. They know
1: we say this it with
0: crazy love. Crazy <laughs> old world. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much to to all of our sponsors and supporters and thank you to you guys for listening. Um, get out there and uh, drink good beer. You um, get
1: back to your Weber, prof.
0: That's it. I've got to get back and uh, get get those ribs. Um, they're they're crutching just at the moment, so it's all it's all pretty sweet.
1: Uh, no worries, thanks very much, Matt. Thank you, prof. Uh, look forward to catching up th- for another beer this week. will talk to you soon. And we're out.